Yes. Hello. You weren't ready for that, were you? 609 on this Friday. It's February 23rd. This week has literally flown by. Sick as a dog on Monday, and I still came to work. Only if you knew what I had to go through at midnight. Ryan knows. <laughs> I know everything. Oh, man. Anyway, it's your morning ritual with me, Garrett Lewis, KNST AM 790 Tucson's most stimulating talk. Oh, boy, is there a lot of crap going on. Oh, my goodness. Three things. There's like, and I was going over this with Ryan before the show. I'm like, there's like 95 things that people need to know. Yet I'm going to try to whittle it down to three with an option. With it, with an add-on. <clears throat> At no charge to you, by the way. Three things I think you need to know. Number one. The one armed sheriff's deputy, the SRO, down at that school in Florida, video shows that the shooting was going on, and he was just hanging outside the building, not wanting to go in, do his job, save the kids, save the staff, that kind of stuff. He stood out there for four minutes while the shooting was going. Four minutes! Oh, yeah. So then the uh, anti-gun sheriff there, Scott Israel, uh, suspended him, but the deputy's like, you know what, I'm just going to retire. So he retired, and now he is in his house and apparently worried about his own safety. So there's armed police outside of his home. Forget about armed people in your kids' schools, our kids' schools. Armed police outside this guy's home. By the way, 3B, related to Florida, that student that said uh, CNN wrote his question for him, he named the producer and said... I was told, stick to the script. We'll get to that, too. This is incredible stuff. Second thing that I think you need to know, Arizona Governor Doug Ducey. Now, I'm not going to make fun of him, or I'm not going to personally attack him. I'm I'm not. But Doug Ducey has said that he is against arming teachers. I don't understand the logic behind it. Maybe you can tell me. He doesn't believe teachers need to be armed because he says they just want to teach. They just want to teach. Well, that's nice. I'll get to that. Third thing I think you need to know. John McCain been very quiet lately, hasn't he? Remember when he, uh, we, we told you about him sending his emissary? He sent an emissary. It was, it was uh, originally reported about that fake Russian dossier about Trump. He sent an emissary to Europe to go get it. And it turns out it was the guy that runs the McCain Institute, which, by the way, after it came out that George Soros donated millions and millions of dollars to the McCain Institute, McCain's like, I have nothing to do with it. It only has my name. Okay, the McCain Institute at ASU. Of course, the guy that runs the McCain Institute is his emissary. It's his right-hand man. Anyway, his emissary, this right-hand man guy, his name is David Kramer, has pleaded the fifth in the Russia dossier probe. Fox News broke it. He's refusing to talk. He does not want to incriminate himself. What does that mean? McCain's hands, his old wrinkly hands are all over this. What? It's an accurate description. You're right. But I was like 81 years old or something. I still think of the emperor from the from the first mm-hmm. third Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ugh. Yep. He's all over this. They've been in water for the past eight hours, Uh and they're all wrinkly. He has invoked his Fifth Amendment right to not not to testify in connection with questions from the House Intelligence Committee about the fake Russian dossier about Trump, according to a law enforcement source to Fox News. 
Why, you know, if he was nothing to do with it, nothing to see here, why would he do that, right? It's three things I think you need to know. These are big, 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 giant things. Dude, there's even something else. I mean, like, let's continue. Let's, let's talk really quick, though, about uh, this whole Florida situation. Because we talked yesterday about how you have that uh, anti-gun goofball sheriff down there that after 39 visits to this uh, killer's uh, home, didn't do a damn thing to try to stop him. The Baker Act, he had that. We went over that stuff, right? Well, CNN waited until a day after their anti-gun town hall thing they had, right? Their pro-gun control town hall. They had, they waited until the day after that. They had this information. Apparently, they didn't want to ask the sheriff this because he goes with their narrative. CNN has a story, a new report about local police. They knew that Nicholas Cruz used a gun against people before. This guy should have been arrested, charged with crimes, lost his right to possess a firearm. This is from CNN. You ready for this? Just months before Nicholas Cruz killed 17 at his former high school in South Florida, the host family who had taken him in immediately after his mother's death warned local law enforcement that the 19-year-old had used a gun against people before and has put the gun to others' heads in the past, according to records obtained by CNN. Now, this flies in the face of everything they've said, too, by the way. Remember what they said? We had no idea he was like this. We didn't know he was a monster. We had a monster living with us. We, we had no idea. That's what they told, like, Good Morning America and everybody else a few days ago. Remember that? But now, all of a sudden, they told law enforcement, we warned you. Yeah, it's the latest indication, it says here, of how law enforcement encountered warning signs about Cruz's violent behavior before he attacked students and teachers. CNN has obtained records from the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office that detailed deputies' interactions with Cruz in the home where he lived for a few weeks in November before he moved in with another family, the Sneeds. Oh, wait. Oh, and months before the massacre. So if CNN knew this, if they knew that a family that he lived with that said, hey, uh, sheriffs, and this is, again, this Scott Israel guy who's like, we had, we had no idea. What do you want us to do? And all this, you know, after he got challenged by Dana Loesch. Why didn't CNN ask him about that? He's up on stage. Jake Tapper's right there. Former uh, spokesperson for an anti-gun, pro-gun control group. We learned that yesterday, too, in the late 90s. Jake Tapper. Why didn't Jake Tapper ask that? Hey, what a, we have these records. Why did they hide it? This is so CNN. They script questions. They slip questions to Hillary so she can beat Bernie in a debate. I mean, all this stuff. Why do it? Okay, so now we have the FBI. And the FBI admitted they screwed up, by the way. I mean, as a matter, matter of fact... Let's play a guy from the FBI. We have so much audio. David Bodich, number 122. Number 122, David Bodich, with the FBI, admitting we screwed up. Listen to this. Now, let me be clear. There was a mistake made. We know that. But it is our job to make sure that we do everything in our power to ensure that does not happen again. It is not easy work. I'm not making excuses because what happened was a tragedy, truly a tragedy. Yeah, it was truly a tragedy. It really was a tragedy. So the FBI screws up twice. They get two tips. They don't follow up. 
39 times the sheriff's department has called out to, do, to figure out what's going on with this kid. 39 times nothing is done. Then we find out that they're actually physically told. They're told. This dopey sheriff, this anti-gun Magnus-type sheriff, actually is told by people, his deputies, told, this guy's dangerous. He sticks guns to people's head. I'm pretty sure that if you put a gun to someone's head, that's against the law. You don't think it's against, I, I would think that's, I would, I'd venture to guess, if you stick a gun to someone's head, yeah, you're probably going to be arrested brandishing a weapon. I would think it's some kind of assault. That's just me. Those are felonies. Then you lose your right, once convicted, to possess firearms. You know what? Let's play from yesterday. Um, where is that soundbite? Here we go. I'll, t- I'll give you the number. This is yes. This is why I always keep the the, the prep from nine months ago. Uh, <laughs> number ninety-five. Scott Israel, the deputy down there in Broward. I'm sorry, the sheriff uh, in Broward County. Um, being challenged by Dana Loach. This is on the CNN uh, pro gun control stage from a couple nights ago. Listen to this. Here we go. What I'm asking the lawmakers to give police all over this country. What do you wear? Is more power. In Florida, we call it a Baker Act. It allows us to take an individual to be um, against their will, involuntarily, to go to a mental health facility and be treated. What I'm saying is if a police officer that we pay a good salary to keep us safe feels that the totality of circumstances, the computer, the bedroom, the pictures, the photographs, speaking to the, the, the friends, if we feel the totality of the circumstances rises to the level where we're concerned this person might be mentally ill, we need the power to take every firearm they have away from them and bring them to a mental health facility. Did not, not meet that standard? 39 visits, assaulting students, assaulting parents, taking bullets and knives to school. Did that not meet that standard? Well, which 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 are you speaking about specifically? You seem to know about all 39. Well, there's I know there's one Florida statute well, where if he's no, no, sending me, messages me threatening, if Here he's sending go. messages threatening to kill people, that right there under Florida state law. Who did he send a message to kill people to? BuzzFeed, AP, Reuters, Yahoo News, no, all what, reported that what, was to other students. Who is the victim? Reuters can't be a victim. The only person who can be a individual. So if an individual was threatened and it was real, that's a crime. But if he's posting things... They were threatened with death. They were threatened that they were going to bleed. They were threatened that they were going to be killed. Well... What's your specific case? And he had already taken bullets and knives to school. He had already assaulted people. He assaulted his parent. He assaulted other students. 39 visits. And this was w- w- known what, to the, 30, the, you're to saying the intelligence visits. and law enforcement the, community. You're, now, I'm not, look, I'm not saying that you can be everywhere at once. No. But this is what I'm talking you're, you're about. We have lit- to follow up on these red flags. You're, you're not the litmus that meets test. This, doesn't you're, it meet the you're absolutely not the litmus test for how law enforcement should follow up. You're wrong. Wow. There were 39 visits. Some of them they were GOA some of them called from other states to say they were 39 visits I don't know where you got those facts but you're completely Media. wrong did well, they report it inaccurately they, they reported inaccurately but if if you're going to stand up in front of a national audience you shouldn't rely I'm, I'm, on, I'm a, on a media this is what I'm asking yeah and that's when Jake Tapper should have said well sheriff CNN has obtained records Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office detailing deputies interactions again how many more warnings do you need how many more? Are you guys not sharing? Are you sharing what's going on here? 
Broward County Sheriff, Palm Beach County Sheriff. How many more warnings? In November, Cruz's mother died after being diagnosed with pneumonia. Right? Without anyone to turn to after their mother's death, Nicholas Cruz and his younger brother Zachary were taken in by Roxanne Deschamps, a former neighbor who was close with the family. The boys moved north into her mobile home in suburban Palm Beach County. That's where, according to records, Cruz allegedly continued to have the same explosive, violent outbursts he had as a young boy living at his mother's home. Except now, those around him say he had firearms. On the day after Thanksgiving, Cruz was at at work at a Dollar Tree store, and Roxanne Deschamps' son, Rock, 22, called 911 to report that an adopted 19-year-old son had possibly hidden a gun in the backyard. That's according to dispatcher's notes. Rock Deschamps told law enforcement there were no weapons allowed in the household. It's unclear from the record whether the sheriff's deputies conducted a search. Yet the incident was classified as domestic unfounded. It means the deputy didn't find proof to back up the claims. Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office called again to the home four days later. Rock said Cruz lashed out against the family that took him in. According to Palm Beach deputies' report and dispatcher notes, the deputy went to a local park, found Cruz. He explained he misplaced a photo of his recently dead mom. Emotionally distraught, started punching the wall. Cruz lost control the same way he had several times in the past at his mom's home in Parkland, Florida, when he had not, ta- had not taken his prescribed mood-altering medication. Rock interrupted Cruz, and a fight broke out between them. According to documents, Cruz left the home. The mom, Roxanne, called 911. She warned police dispatcher. Cruz said he was going to get his gun and come back. She said Cruz had bought a gun from Dix last week and is going to pick it up. Roxanne Deschamps told the dispatcher that Cruz bought tons of ammo. Has used a gun against people before, the note said. He has put the gun to others' heads in the past. The Palm Beach Sheriff's Deputy's Office responded to the scene. The deputy responded uh, uh, of the assault, spoke to both young men who hugged, who hugged and reconciled their differences. Cruz said he was sorry for losing his temper. Rock said that to the deputy, Cruz had been suffering significantly from the loss of his mom, didn't want him to go to jail, only, leave, he, only to leave the house till he calmed down. They refused to prosecute. He signed a form. I refuse to prosecute. One more real quick. Nicholas Cruz left Roxanne Deschamps home for good a short time later, according to her ex-fiance, Paul Gold, also a longtime neighbor. His young brother, Zachary, remained there. Nick Cruz returned to Broward County, lived with a friend, stayed at a uh, Pompano Beach home of James and Kimberly Sneed. He took his guns with him. Yep. There you go. Uh, Gold told CNN that this the fiance. He knew nothing of Cruz's guns. He now describes the teen as a monster. Well, I think everyone does. So there you go. How many more warnings? But you know what? We need gun control. Gun control. I'll get that coming up. 625. Uh, it's just incredible stuff. I went a little long in this first segment, but I hope you understand why. Uh, we have so many more things to talk about. Uh, so many. I got to play for you the also the Colton Hob with the update. The student who said that CNN gave him a script and said, stick to. We'll get to that at 640. Don't go anywhere. It's KNST AM 792. Songs most stimulating talk. Talk. 630. Thank you for hanging out. I'll get to calls. 880-KNST, 880-5678. I just want you to know it's not going to be too warm today. 36 outside right now. 61 and uh, some clouds. 57, chilly tomorrow, but sunny. 63 and sunny on Sunday. and They're predicting 72 for Monday, but that's an anomaly. Then it drops back down to the 60s and 50s. So there you have it. Uh, All right, quickly, quickly. 
We'll get to this stuff because we have so many things to talk about and to get to. And by the way, I'll post that story from CNN on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Like it and follow it and share it. I mean, how, gun control wouldn't stop failures of law enforcement at all levels, right? Chuck, welcome to KNST. Hello. Good morning, sir. What's up, Chuck? Well, you know, it seems like there was ample time in this case, for sure, for the police to go get a warrant and have the kid mentally evaluated rather than giving all that power to a sheriff's deputy with, you know. Well, but they have that, on, they have that power, though. They, don't, they, don't, they have that power. They have the Baker Act. They could go in, the police, if they think some dude's you know, a little bit off his rocker, they could by themselves say we're taking in for 72 hours. And they never did it. But they, they want more and more power. And, and a wise man once said uh, people willing to give up their freedom and liberties for security deserve none of it. Well, but look, he wants to, he said, we want to take the guns away. And that, that'll never happen. That'll never Absolutely happen. Absolutely they do. And beware of a government or a police force that wants to be the only one with the guns. It's kind of like you. Mexico. I agree. Dude, I, I hear you. But they had the power to go in with the Baker Act that already exists. And he failed at that. So he's, this guy's anti-gun. He's been on record. He has said, we don't need more guns on the streets. We need less guns. So he'd like to get rid of them all. But they had the power to go and take them on a mental check. And they just didn't do it. They just failed miserably. And, and we had a call yesterday, Betsy Smith, she was great. She said, if this sheriff were Republican, the media uh, would talk about how much of a failure he was at his job. But they don't want to say that because they like his stance against guns. Well, they don't need more, uh, any more power or we don't need any less freedom. That's for sure. That won't solve the problem. There Take care. Go. Thank you, Chuck. See ya. 632. Um, wait till you hear about the details. You got to love this, uh, this Colton Hobb, this kid. He's a hero. JROTC down there survived the shooting, was ready to protect. He did protect people, ready to attack the shooter. Uh, CNN wouldn't let him ask his questions. They tried scripting one for him, but he had even more detail. He even names the producer. He actually, you got to hear the interaction he had with the CNN producer. That's coming up in about five. Don't go anywhere. Here's the latest from Fox. Normally, you'd be pretty upset if another guy was stimulating your wife. But in a strange way, you like it. The Morning Ritual with Garrett Lewis is on KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Yes. Just ask your wife. Whoops. Thank you very much. There are three things I think you need to know. 641 on KNST AM 790. Um, number one, we find out that the uh, school resource officer, the uh, the deputy, the sheriff's deputy that was the one armed person on that campus, that Florida high school, 32, 3,300 people, three buildings. Uh, video comes out that shows that he did not go into the building where the gunfire was happening. It shows him standing outside waiting for four minutes instead of trying to save people's lives and take down the shooter. Uh, his name is Scott Peterson, and apparently he was going to be suspended without pay, and uh, he decided to retire. But apparently he fears for his life, so he himself has called armed police to protect him at his house. How about that? Second thing, I think you need to know, another failure of the, the local authorities, right? The law enforcement. Second thing that I think you need to know, Arizona Governor Doug Ducey has said he is against arming teachers. He thinks they should just teach. Well, you know, I'm a radio show host. I'm a dad. Um, you know, I shouldn't have to arm myself in my own home. I should just be a dad, right? The, the logic. Third thing I think you need to know, John McCain's emissary, the guy that runs the McCain Institute up at ASU, 
He's the one that went and got the dirty dossier from Europe, gave it back to John McCain. McCain gave it to Jim Comey. This guy's name is David Kramer. He has just uh, pleaded the fifth. He doesn't want to incriminate himself. He doesn't want to answer any questions from the House Intelligence Committee about anything regarding the dirty dossier that he and McCain have their hands all over. I wonder why that is, huh? Yeah. Oh, the swamp is deep. Three things I think you need to know. Now, this, um, this Colton Hobb. Colton Hobb. We played it yesterday. He told local TV station, CNN gave me a scripted question. You know, they don't want me to say what I wanted to say. They gave me a scripted question. And then CNN came out and said, no, we didn't. You wanted to make a speech. and We didn't like that. And so he's like, you know what? I'll go on Tucker Carlson's show. And I'll see what really happened. You know, this is a classy kid. He's a very smart kid, J-R-O-T-C. He's the one that, uh, one of the two young men that pulled people into rooms, staffed uh, students, saving them, putting Kevlar uh, blankets over them. Cause, wait, 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 wait. But, but, can't, he can't be a smart kid. You shut your mouth. Remember those that guy that's uh, from California? Is at the, uh, the, oh, the military. The, yeah, the dumbest of the dumb. Yes, yes, that's right. That councilman and teacher. I know. Yeah. Well, I want, let's play 107 first. He, before he even talked about it, he said, we got to remind people why we're here. 107, Colton Hobb, last night on Tucker Show on Fox. Listen to this. Before we get into anything, I just want to um, make sure that everybody hasn't forgotten why we are actually here tonight. I mean, we lost 17 lives last week, and yes. I actually physically put two to rest, and to me, that was the hardest thing in the world to endure. I mean, nobody should have to go through this, so nope. as long as we're taking the right steps to move forward from this and make sure that this doesn't happen again, I'm all for that. There you go. Well, we How certainly about, haven't. How about that? How about that? So we have that. Now, here's the, he talks about what actually happened and even outed the CNN producer. I love it. What, all right, here we go, Colton Hobb. So what had, um, what had happened was, is four days ago, I um, had gotten contacted by a lady named Carrie Stevenson from CNN. She um, had asked me originally to just write a speech. It was going to be at the town hall at the BB&T Center. So I agreed. Um, I felt like it would be the right thing to do, um, be able to go speak my part, as well as um, open eyes to a few things that I thought that could make this situation a little better. Um, from there, three days ago, so the next day after that, we had gotten, um, I got an email back from her and she asked for more of questions rather than a speech, which I was totally fine with. So I wrote a little less of a speech and more of questions that I wanted to ask at the town hall. Um, the day after that, it was more of just questions. She asked for just questions that I would like to ask. So I um, gave her my questions. And then yesterday at about 5.15, I made contact with her and she had asked um, if I had just asked her one question. So what they had actually done was wrote out a question for me because in my interview with CNN, I had talked about arming the teachers if they were willing to arm themselves in the school to carry on campus. And they had, um, she had taken that of what I had briefed on and actually uh, wrote that question out for me. So I have that question here if you'd like me to ask it for you. Whoa. This is pretty detailed. I don't think this young man is making this up now, do you? You know what's interesting? I thought about this whole thing, too, is that he, this is two days now in a row that he's outing CNN and saying this whole gun control, gun debate, whatever the hell they call that, that town hall, is a bunch of crap. You notice that none of the, his fellow students that are pushing for gun control are saying anything bad about him? They're not calling him a liar. They're not calling him out. I find that to be very interesting. Um, now let's do 110. He was asked... Did you even watch this? Did he, I mean, did, this is what Tucker asked him. No, 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 go to the, just hit exit. So, this is what happened. Here we go. 
I watched a little bit of it. Um, I kind of felt like I didn't really need to because I knew that as soon as that what had happened with me, that it was going to be more scripted and wasn't actually going to be um, actual actual questions. Then I didn't feel the need to fully watch it. Wow. How about that? So then you start thinking, well, was it just him? Did CNN give other people questions? And he's convinced they did. Remember we talked about it yesterday? That uh, the, the, the chick with the shaved head, she had a little piece of paper. He talks about that. Listen to this insight. Absolutely. From what I did see, I'd seen a couple people that had asked questions before I did leave my house. And um, it was a little piece of paper cut out. And I know for a fact that nobody cut their own paper out and wrote their own question, especially when oh. they were all based off the same topic. So to me, it from right there, it showed that this isn't correct. Why are they all have the same size piece of paper with a short little question on it? Whoa. This is CNN. This is this is a big story. This is huge. All these things coming out now. This is going to hurt the Democrats in 2018. Uh, more importantly, this does nothing to keep the kids safe. Think about this. CNN is doing this, this disgusting stuff, trying to push a narrative because they believe it and they like it and they want it more. They put, that, they put what they're doing. They're lying. They're deceiving their narrative. They put that on a higher on a higher level than your kid's safety in school. Like they are going out of their way to make sure that our kids, my son, when he goes to school in August, your kids, they're going out of their way to make sure that our kids are, are not going to be safe. This is CNN. That's what they're doing. It's really disgusting. And don't start, well, there should be hearings and CNN should be that. No, no, no. This is the free market. Just don't watch. You know, have you heard about these things? Um, there's a uh, the bank in uh, Nebraska, the Bank of Omaha. They had a credit card with, you know, you could have credit cards with different companies and things like that on it. It represents them. They had one with the NRA. And they got pressured by maniacs. I mean, I think it's about time we do this. We never do this. But they got pressured by maniacs uh, to end the relationship and to not offer the credit card with the NRA on it to benefit them or whatever, anything. So they said, all right, we're going to end this. We are no longer offering this credit card. We're ending our relationship with the NRA. And then I got sent a tweet, Enterprise, on their Twitter. Enterprise tweeted, thank you for contacting somebody. Thank you for contacting us. All three of our brands have ended the discount for NRA members. This change will be effective March 26. Thank you again for reaching out. And it was some guy named Michael. Or kind of regards Michael, whatever. Um, Alamo Enterprise National are their brands. So Enterprise, Alamo National are no longer going to offer discounts for NRA members. Why are they, are they such a danger? Listen, it's always been in the back of my mind. You know what? I need to join the NRA. I need to join the NRA. You know what I'm going to do this afternoon? I'm going to join the NRA. I'm going to donate. I guess I got to re-up. There you go. They keep calling me like, ah, I don't want to do it right now. now. I, want to, I want to do it now. I, I, mean, I this, have to. This is so ridiculous. This is so insane. So I'm thinking with CNN, maybe it's time. We're all busy. But maybe it's time people call the advertisers that advertise on CNN. I know you'd have to watch it. And say, never buy any product because you're on a network 
that literally puts out fake news and is lying and is lying through their teeth. And they're lying in such ways that it's going to keep kids in schools not safe. They are trying to create a narrative about this that is not going to lead to any protection of school kids. Maybe that's what you do. 880-KNST, 880-5678. Um, I have more. You can comment. I also want to get to um, to Doug Ducey and his, his uh, comments of not wanting teachers to be armed. I mean, you get any every opinion you want. I just don't get it. I just don't understand. I know not every teacher is going to want to do this, but the, the reasoning behind it to me makes literally no sense. We'll get to that coming up in 5. KNST AIM 792, Sons most stimulating talk. Radio. Friday, February 23rd. Sorry, last minute sound bites. It's just a live show. It's what we do. And by the way, it's, um, yes, it's morning rituals. I was listening to the lyrics right there. Morning ritual, because I, I know in the regular one they curse. I'm like, wait, wait, no, no, okay. Morning ritual, Garrett Lewis, KNSTAM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Three things I think you need to know. Number one, the uh, sheriff's deputy that was the school resource officer down at the, uh, the, sh- the shooting, the school down there in Florida, Video shows that he heard the shooting, and instead of going in to take down the shooter and help the students and the staff, he stood outside for four minutes listening to the bullets being, uh, you know, fired. Boom, 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 boom. So uh, this came out. The anti-gun sheriff suspended him. But then the guy's like, you know what? I'm just going to retire. And that nice? Scott Peterson is the sheriff's deputy's name. And uh, apparently he's scared for his life right now or something because he has armed security at his house. Armed police. Must be nice. Why He's more important than students? Second thing I think you need to know, and I don't understand the logic behind it, but Arizona Governor Doug Ducey said, I don't believe we need to arm student, uh, teachers. I, we, they, they need to teach. Hey, thanks, Doug. Third thing I think you need to know, John McCain's emissary, David Kramer. He's the guy that he sent. Is that, I sent an emissary over to Europe to get the dirty dossier. He sends him over there. It turns out this is the same guy, David Kramer. He runs the McCain Institute up at Arizona State University. Um, well, now apparently the House Intelligence Committee wanted to ask this guy some questions. You know what he did? Pleaded the fifth. McCain's emissary pleaded the fifth. Why? What is he hiding? What does he not want to say? You know what? They are, they are some shady people, that McCain clan, you know? Three things I think you need to know. Now, 
Uh, we have a lot of stuff for you. Okay, we have we have so much. Every day there's unfortunate uh, new news about this shooting, about the media, the coverage, you name it. You name it. And if you're just tuning in, we'll, we'll play for you things again. You know, let's just do real quick, if you don't mind, uh, Jasmine. Let's do Colton Hobb went on Tucker's show. Let's just do 10, uh, 108. The details of what happened. Um, the producer said, you better, uh, you better stick to your, well, you know, we just did that. We'll, we'll leave that there. I just played for you. If you just, it, well, I, I'll put it up on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis radio, the video. We played that, that Colton Hobbs said, you know, the producer told me stick to your script. Um, I'm going to give you a question. Colton Hobbs said he knows that CNN gave other people questions because they all the same small pieces of paper. He goes, none of my friends, none of my friends would write down on small pieces of paper what the questions were. It just wouldn't happen. Wouldn't have happened. So he told he said that on Tucker show last night on Fox. Then on Fox last night on Laura Ingram's show, uh, Andrew Klein, a father of a uh, of that uh, Stoneham Douglas High School uh, student, uh, his daughter Ariana goes there. They were on Laura Ingram's show, and he actually said, and the media is like missing this too. In the middle of his interview about it was all about what do you think about the the sheriff's deputy that didn't go in to try to protect the kids and the staff. In the middle of it, the dad. Do we have the first? This is the first one. Okay, I'll tell you when to stop it. This, uh, in the middle of it, he said that CNN called him and was looking for people basically to push gun control. Listen to this. Here we go. I actually spoke to a CNN producer on, on Thursday, the day after the shooting, and the producer insinuated to me they were looking for people who were willing to espouse a certain narrative, uh, which was taking the tragedy and turning it into a policy debate and i read that as being a gun control debate yep and unfortunately i think a lot of the people talking about gun control don't understand what they're talking about because i'm a i'm a republican i'm a gun owner i'm a responsible gun owner and when we talk about gun control it's not about taking guns away from people like me it's about keeping them out of the hands of the people who should not have them who are irresponsible who are a threat to society and when you know last night when okay. Ted Deutsch, it's, only, it's only for now because then, you know, it was like, Laura's like, wait, 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 wait. What? What? What What did you just say? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I, that, that's, that's what I admit. Is that the one you just put in, Ryan, right there? You just did you not name it the right thing, 125? One, okay, that's all right. Uh, he followed up and said, can you please just go over again what happened when that CNN producer called you? And this is what he said. Well, as I recall, the, the producer said, you know, we're looking for people who want to talk about the policy implications about what happened in terms of, uh, she didn't mention guns, but, uh, you know, in terms of the policy implications for preventing future mass shootings. Mm. And if you know folks who want to talk about that, we'd like to speak to those people. Wow. I mean, that's how much more evidence do you need? Let's, let's play again. Let's just have some fun real quick. Um, 109, 109. Let's listen to Colton Hobb. If you missed it, there's just a little small part of it. Here we go on Fox last night. Absolutely. They had taken what I had wrote and what I had briefed on and talked about, and they actually wrote the question for me. But, but not with your words. I mean, they put their own words into your question, even after, after they'd asked you to send questions Absolutely. in. But that seems dishonest. On, it, it definitely did, and that's kind of why I didn't go last night. Originally, I had thought that it was going to be um, more of my own question and my own say, and then it turned out to be more of just a script. And she had actually said that over the phone that I needed to stick to the script. <laughs> and then let's do one, fun one more time. One more time. Uh, 111 asked, do you think other people got questions from CNN? Here we go. 
Absolutely. From what I did see, I had seen a couple people that had asked questions before I did leave my house. And um, it was a little piece of paper cut out. And I know for a fact that nobody cut their own paper out and wrote their own question, especially when they were all based off the same topic. So to me, it from right there, it showed that this isn't correct. Why are they all have the same size piece of paper with a short little question on it? Yep. So you have that. What do you think about that? Man, 880-KNST, 880-5678-CNN, fake news. Holy smokes. Now let's, oh, let's play the, uh, the, the, actually from CNN. How about this? If fake or not, 123. They actually had a story, and it's in the Miami Herald as well. Uh, it's, and it's, being, it's, it's being reported in other places. But apparently, there were 23 warnings. 23 warnings given about Nicholas Cruz going back to 2008. 23 warnings over the past 10 years. And, and again, we learned uh, from CNN, and they, you know, this is how fake news they are. They, they just put it out this morning. They, you don't think they had this evidence? You don't think they had this story? Or they put it out yesterday, uh, late in the day. You don't think they had this, this when they had their town hall? That the second family that Nicholas Cruz went to go live with? Warn police, he's put a gun up to people's heads. He's used it against people. What? That's what they told uh, deputies down in Florida. Palm Beach County deputies. Listen to this from CNN. Here we go. I'm Scott Peterson. Um, I've been a uh, police officer for 30 years. Peterson, uh, seen here speaking at a school board meeting in Broward County in 2015. Records show he was recently nominated twice for Deputy of the Year. Two other deputies now on restricted duty. They're being investigated for how they handled Tip's warning about the killer. Authorities announcing that they have received 23 calls involving the killer and his family starting in 2008 when the killer was just nine years old. The most serious warnings began two years ago when an anonymous caller alerted police that the killer threatened to shoot up the school on Instagram and posted pictures of himself with a gun. The Miami Herald reports that seven months later, a peer counselor reported that the killer... I'll take their care of the rest. February 5th, 2016. That's what they're talking about. Two years ago. Broward Sheriff's Office deputies told by an anonymous caller that Nicholas Cruz, then 17, threatened Instagram, threatened Instagram to shoot up his school, posted himself, a uh, photo of himself with guns. Info was forwarded to the, um, that, that uh, deputy, Scott Peterson, the school resource officer that did not go into the building to try to do his job. What did he do? Nothing. Yeah, September 23rd, 2016, a peer counselor reports Peterson to Peterson, the same Scott Peterson that Cruz had possibly ingested gasoline in a suicide himself. A suicide attempt, cutting himself, wanted to buy a gun. That was September of 2016. That same month, five days later, an investigator for the Florida Department of Children and Families rules Cruz is stable despite fresh cuts on his arm. His mother, Linda Cruz, says in the past he wrote hate signs on his book bed and recently talked about buying firearms. But he's okay. He's okay. How many more warnings do you need? November 1st, 2017, Catherine Blaine, Linda Cruz's cousin. That's his mom's cousin. Calls the Broward County Sheriff's Office to report Nicholas Cruz had weapons ask, and ask police to recover him. A close family friend agrees to take the firearms, according to the Broward Sheriff's Department, or Sheriff's Office. All this stuff. A caller from Massachusetts on November 30th, 2017. A caller from Massachusetts calls the Broward Sheriff's Office to report Cruz is collecting guns and knives and could be a school shooter in the making. 
So that Broward, uh, Broward Sheriff's Officer Deputy advises the caller to contact the Palm Beach Sheriff because he's living there. What do we care, right? All of the signs were there. All of them. All of the authorities were warned. And then you get that dopey anti-gun sheriff, Scott Israel, right? You get him up there, and he's sitting there saying, we need more power to just go in and take away your guns. Screw you, buddy. How about we remove you and put somebody in, in power that actually will do his job? I mean, how would you like to be the, the family? You lose your kid, right? You lose your kid, and then you learn about how the FBI, the local authorities, all knew about this, and they did nothing. And now your kid's gone. I don't even know how you move on from that. Civil suit, then bring your kid back. And yet CNN sits on the story, does a gun control debate. They keep talking to these these stupid teenagers that are pushing a narrative of which they they know nothing about. It's frustrating as hell, isn't it? 880-KNST, 880-5678. We'll continue. I'll get your calls. 880-KNST, 880-5678. There's just a lot of stuff. There's a lot. I even have, uh, there's an interview, a school teacher in Utah explained why she carries a gun to school every day. Wait till you hear that one. And then we have to get to our own sheriff uh, here, Sheriff Napier. I'll send him a text, see if he wants to talk, because I want to give him a chance. Um, I'm sick of the double standard. You have absolute racist comments made by sitting board of supervisors, uh, Supervisor Dick Elias, and nothing in the media is done or said about it except for me. I'm the only one that brings it up. And you have some nut job making a comment on Facebook and it garners a friggin' local news story. Wait till you hear about that one. We'll get there. Stick with me. KNST AM 792 sounds most stimulating talk. Okay. 727, Garrett Lewis with you here. Uh, at Garrett Lewis on Twitter. I've been tweeting things. Facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Like me and follow me there so you can get stuff and Posting video, the video, the interview I did with, uh, I did, that, that Tucker did with Colton Hobb that outed the CNN producer and everything. That's up there. You can comment, you can share it, you can do all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Uh, it's chilly out now, about 36 degrees, looking at about 61 or so for a high. Colder tomorrow, 57 for a high. Uh, let's go to John. John, welcome to KNST. Hello. Thank you. Garrett, uh, I'm a retired military person. I've uh, been you. a school teacher taught both in high school and college. I have uh, worked as a police officer, and I recently retired here in Pima County uh, as a probation officer. So I have uh, I carry a firearm uh, almost everywhere I go. Uh, and one of the things I wanted to point out to people is that the solution to this problem of shooting in schools is readily apparent. The Israelis had, a, in 1974, a massacre of... Uh, uh, at an elementary school where uh, six, where uh, 22 children and three others were killed and 68 injured. Since that time, the Israelis have hardened their schools, have posted armed guards and armed uh, personnel inside the schools, and they've never had an attack since. And we, we just seem to be doing the same thing over and over again with these gun-free zones, 
which are uh, not gun-free to crazy people who want to come in and kill a lot of children. And that's our idiocy uh, in this country. We keep doing the same thing repeatedly and expecting a different result. And the result is there's probably somebody out there already who's getting ready to uh, commit another mass. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. They got their gun. They got everything. So armed security. Do you think that's good enough? Armed security? I mean, what, what if, I, I, we still don't know how this guy got into the building unless he just walked right in and there was obviously nobody there. Um, had he walked right on campus? Was it not locked down? Was it not just one way in, one way out? Exactly. Um, you know, that's why you know. need to have a threat assessment. I taught threat assessments in college. And you go through an entire assessment of all the possible threats, and you figure out where your vulnerabilities are, and you work to harden those vulnerabilities. And uh, so that's what needs to be done with every school. And we need to spend the money to have yes. the kind of security uh, in these schools to prevent these uh, attacks, which will go on again and again as long as we keep doing this stupid thing of pretending that these are gun-free zones. Uh, so you were a teacher. Do you think teachers, if they feel comfortable, should be able to arm themselves? Absolutely. Uh, there were teachers in a, a college I worked at here who uh, were quite capable of, of carrying firearms and using them effectively. Retired police officers, retired military. These are people who uh, knew how to use a firearm and when to use it. And so I think that that's, they've been through the training. If you train people effectively and get them armed, mm -hmm. uh, concealed weapon carry, then I, I think that we could begin to resolve this problem rather quickly if we had the, the political will to do it. But instead, we're concentrating on the firearm. We're awash in firearms in this country. There's over 300 million. If I wanted to obtain an illegal firearm tomorrow, it'd be <coughs> for me. It would be no problem. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you't right. Listen, uh, I think on Monday. Because I don't know if you heard the show I did a couple days ago with all the proof how 18 states allow teachers to carry firearms. Um, there, you know, there was, there was one story I did over 40 school districts in Ohio allow it. Uh, and I even played the audio from a story from two and a half years ago of a school district in, in Butler County in Ohio where they trained staff to be able to have uh, firearms because the parents wanted it. And they went through extensive training. I think I'm going to have... Uh, the guy that ran the training on the show on Monday. I'm going to call to see if I can make that happen. I, we have good friends, uh, Betsy and Dave Smith, the premier law, uh, law enforcement trainers in, in America, live here in Tucson, and they listen and they know the guy. So I think I'm going to get them on to talk about what they do, what kind of training they give to the teachers. That Absolutely. It's, I mean, that's what it should calm people down. Yes. You know? You, you train them, and then you can prevent these kind of things from taking on uh, the uh, what we had there at that school in in Florida. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why I think, look, Doug Ducey, our governor, said he doesn't think teachers should be armed. And uh, listen, I know he's a very important guy. He's the governor, right? But I got to be honest with you, uh, I think my, my two kids are more important to me than Doug Ducey is. So I, I think th if he I, feels I, that way, that uh, people can't be armed to protect themselves and protect uh, others, he should give up his protection that's there my as point. capital. Exactly. I think that if, if he doesn't think that my kids should have a teacher there to protect them, then he doesn't deserve armed protection either. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I think. John, thank you for the uh, the great story, the great info, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for your service. All right, thank you. Take care. 732. That's what I think about Ducey. Oh, teachers just want to teach. There are plenty of teachers that want to teach. There are plenty of teachers that want to actually protect their kids, too. Uh, there are also, uh, listen, again, I'm not a police officer. I'm not in law enforcement. I have concealed carry permit. I didn't sign up to, to have to have a gun and do all this stuff, but you know what? I'm a radio host. I'm a dad, but I'll do what I have to do. 
This whole thing about, well, teachers just want to teach. It's not like they're going to have to whip out the gun every day or once a month and shoot somebody, for God's sakes. This whole BS excuse, oh, teachers just want to teach. No crap, and some teachers won't want to do it. Fine. But some teachers, I guarantee, do want to do it. We'll get to that. You can comment about that. I also want to get to uh, this 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 whole uh, news story because somebody wrote something on Facebook that people's feelings are hurt now and stuff like that uh, on Sheriff Napier's Facebook page. Wrote a direct. Is it? A, I'll tell you what they wrote about a Pima County Board of Supervisors. Uh, two of them, uh, and apparently it, re- it, re- it got a, a news story from Channel Four. But guess what? Didn't get a news story from Channel Four. We'll play that for you. Coming up. Don't go anywhere. Here's KNST. Here's Fox. 741, thanks for hanging out on this Friday. We've made it. It's good. Weekend will be here, and on Monday we'll say, what happened to the weekend? And then you're 90. Uh, Three things I think you need to know. Number one, uh, the sheriff's deputy that was assigned to be the school resource officer at that school that got shot up in Florida, video shows this genius named Scott Peterson. He, uh, He hung out for four minutes outside of the building while the shooting was going on. Instead of going in there and trying to stop it. So he was suspended. So he said, you know what? I'll just retire. So he's retired. Now, isn't that nice? And apparently he's so frightened he has he has police outside his home, armed police officers to protect him. He has armed police. Everybody has armed people to protect them. But nobody wants teachers to protect the kids with, with guns. I mean, this is incredible stuff. Second thing I think you need to know, armed security, uh, armed teachers, Doug Ducey doesn't like it. Nope, I only want teachers to teach. That's it. That's it. I just want teachers to teach. Hey, thanks, Doug. Again, if Doug doesn't think that my kid's teacher should have a firearm to protect my kid, then Doug needs to give up his arm protection. I like you, Doug. Well, not really. But anyway, no no offense. I don't think you're more important than my child. Third thing, I think you need to know John McCain's emissary, Doug Kramer, or David Kramer, David Kramer. He runs the McCain Institute at ASU, the one that Soros donated tens of millions of dollars to, but McCain said, I have nothing to do with it. But he sends the guy that runs it to Europe to get that fake Russian dossier, bring it back to McCain, gives it, uh, gives it to Jim Comey? Well, it turns out this uh, emissary, McCain's right-hand man up there, just pleaded the fifth instead of answering questions to a uh, House Intelligence Committee. What does he not want to tell them? It must be pretty bad, huh? Three things I think you need to know. McCain's as dirty as the day is long on this. That's my prediction. That's my gut feeling. Um, all right, by the way, we had a uh, teacher call in. But he didn't have hands free, and he's driving. He didn't want to get a ticket. So he said, what do you tell you, Ryan? He, he teaches. He wouldn't mind carrying? No, he would be happy to carry. He's former military as well, and he would, he would love to carry his firearm in class because he wants order in class. He wants things to be fine and not have any problems. If things like this started up, I guess he'd be one of those guys who's qualified and willing to do the job and stop any incidents mm-hmm. that could be occurring. And people don't have to be former military. They can they can go take lessons. They can go. Absolutely. At 8.10 this morning, we'll play the Utah teacher, who she's like, I want to protect my kids. You know what I'm finding out? Just here in our, our little listening, listening area, yeah. there's a lot of former military that become teachers, mm. and they're already pre-qualified, practically. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine that. Uh, so, yeah, by the way, I think you should flood the phone lines up at the Capitol at Doug, Ducey, Doug Ducey's office and ask him why he deserves armed protection, but our kids do not. And not just, you know, a security guard outside, whatever, but like, you know, why, why can't teachers be armed, right? Google Doug Ducey's phone number. We're not going to give it out. People aren't going to write it down. <laughs> Ryan. All right, let's play. Uh, let, let, let me tell you this story. Apparently, so we know the whole situation, right, with the... Uh, Homeland Security Grant, Pima County uh, 
supervisors Valadez, Bronson, and uh, Dick Elias. They voted against getting the grant, even though they voted for it for 14 straight years, and it goes to the same stuff over and over and over. But they just hate Trump because Trump is cracking down on illegal aliens, right? Now, you could say, can't you? Now, Bronson's white, but you have Valadez and Elias. And Elias is a pretty racist guy himself with stupid statements that he makes. Um, I would even say Valadez could be racist because all of a sudden Valadez said, I'll change my vote as long as we could have a committee to monitor racial profiling that goes on with the sheriff's deputies, right? And Napier never fought back for his deputies and said anything like, whoa, dude, what's going on? What's going on? Never said anything. So, I mean, I look at this and say, really, there's profiling and all this other stuff and you guys are standing up for illegal aliens more than anything else why is that i mean they're here illegally who cares if they're hispanic or not they're here illegally to me that's a bit racist you're, you're standing up for people based on a race aren't you after all you call them all immigrants you don't want to differentiate between illegal and legal so anyway apparently on um sheriff napier's facebook page some retired law enforcement guy um made a comment and he he called uh he called Elias and Valadez Mexican, which I believe they are Mexican, right? Is it a derogatory way? Sure. Uh former Arizona Department of Public Safety Detective Richard Pittman said, quote, Well done, Mark. Too bad you had to waste time with the stupid board. That was because there are two Mexican board members. Maybe we can now change that with the next election. I don't believe that he really wants just Mexicans. I, I guarantee if there were Mexicans that actually shared his point of view and weren't anti-Trump and doing these stupid things, playing games with our safety because of this, uh, that it would um, it would matter to him. But you look at these guys, they're pro-illegal alien, they're pro-Hispanic, overwhelmed. It, that, it, it's a fact. It's a fact. But that comment on a Facebook page prompted KVOA, Channel 4, to do a story on it. That prompted them to do a story. This really? You know, well, you know what didn't prompt them to do a story? For when two straight meetings, Supervisor Dickelius called the Border Patrol racists. Here's one thing he said during a meeting. Here we go. We understand that it's important uh, to share those dollars and to make sure that the roads that we all drive on, because believe it or not, when I bring my passport with me, I can go past River Road mm. and drive on Thornydale and Iham and not be fearful of getting stopped by the Border Patrol, but rather <laughs> I have a little better roads to be able to drive on. That. Unbelievable. Uh, and then they didn't uh, do a story when it was either the meeting after or before it. He also said this i was just going to say that i was up there uh in district one this weekend and and yeah i i i took my passport with yeah. me just in case you know, just never know what's going to happen that was a there. visa not a passport uh, there's a lot of those border patrol guys running around oh, okay. so i was careful so apparently border patrol are all racist they racially profile and uh yeah that's not that didn't require anything right but there's a stupid facebook comment from a guy that's retired that means nothing to anybody. That got the local media, at least KVOA, up in arms. And then Napier, why didn't Napier call out the fact that you're insinuating my guys are, are racist or racially profiling people? 
Why didn't he call? He knows. I've talked to Mark Napier. I played those sound bites for him. He listens to this show. He knows what Supervisor Dick Elias said. Didn't call him out. Not on this story, at least. Let's hear what um, Napier had to say. Number 118. Can we get that guy coming back, if you don't mind? Get get his number. We don't have time. See if we can get him coming back. Number 118. This is what Mark Napier said in the story on KVOA. Here we go. We all ought to treat each other with greater kindness, greater respect, and the social network environment should not preclude common decency. Yeah, how about, okay, when it's not even on social network, it's actually during a meeting and you have an elected official insinuating that Border Patrol is racist. What about then, Sheriff? And then Ramon Valadez, 119, asked about the comments. What do you think this guy said? Here we go. Well, I'm shocked. To be honest, I'm very shocked. I don't know anything about the man. I can tell you, I dislike his actions. Oh, I think his actions are incredibly of inappropriate. Of course. Now, this is the best one. He followed it up with this comment, 120. Listen to Ramon Valdez. In a day like today that we still are trying to judge people by the color of the skin is incredibly distressing. Well, why don't you call your buddy Dick Elias? He did it. He's judging people. Oh, you know, I'm going to get judged by the color of my skin. I try to do that every day with tanning contests. Oh, Sheriff Napier just texted me. Want me to call? Yeah, let's do it at 810, Sheriff. All right. I'll, I'll text you in a second. This is this is garbage. Again, I, the media sucks, except for me in town, of course. The media sucks. How in the hell is this a story? But what Dick Alea said twice during a public meeting is not joke 750 we'll continue in 5k and st am 792 sounds most stimulating talk 806 it's friday you're feeling all right it's your morning ritual with me garrett lewis k and st am 792 sounds most stimulating talk three things i think you need to know number one video has come out showing the one school resource officer down on that florida high school campus scott peterson's his name shows him hanging out for four minutes while the bullets were flying he didn't go into the building to try to do his job try to save people take out the shooter he just he just stood there waiting and waiting so he was suspended by the sheriff's uh by the sheriff himself so the deputy uh peterson said that's it i'm gonna quit and he retired but now apparently he's um He's worried, so he has police, armed police, armed security, armed police, police outside of his home to protect him with, with arms, with guns. Yes, they, he gets protection. Yep, that's how it works. Uh, uh, side note on the Florida story, video on my page at KNST.com and on my Facebook page showing the uh, JROTC student uh, going into detail about how CNN was telling him to stick to his script. And he, he knows that CNN gave all those young people, those students, fellow students, questions. How about that? Second thing I think you need to know, Governor Doug Ducey against arming teachers. He says they should ju- they just want to teach. Well, how do you know all of them? There are plenty of teachers that have called into this show that have said, I'd love to be able to carry my firearm and protect my students. But Doug Ducey says, I know what's best. While he has armed security, yet our kids don't. Third thing I think you need to know, John McCain's emissary, David Kramer. He runs the McCain Institute up at ASU. He was the one sent overseas as the emissary to get that dossier, the fake Russian one. Bring it back to McCain. McCain gets his grubby hands on it, gives it to Jim Comey. Well, guess what? That emissary, David Kramer, has just pled the fifth. He pled the fifth. He was supposed to answer questions about what what he did, everything about it. 
about McCain, I'm sure, to the House Intelligence Committee. He chose to not incriminate himself, or I guess anyone. Wonder why, huh? McCain's as dirty as the day is long on this. Three things I think you need to know. Now, um, there was a story. We just talked about it. KVOA Channel 4 had it. Apparently, uh, a comment on a Facebook page. A comment on a Facebook page on Sheriff Mark Napier's Facebook page caused a news story to happen because, well, a retired law enforcement agent, a retired uh, Arizona Department of Public Safety detective, Richard Pittman, uh, was... Well, commented on Sheriff Napier's Facebook page about finally getting the funding for Operation Stone Garden from the Board of Supervisors. And he said, well done, Mark. Too bad you had to waste your time with the stupid board. That was because there are two Mexican board members. Maybe we can now change that with the next election. So, of course, that could be taken as, uh, you know, racist, misconstrued, all that other stuff. That caused the news story. And that's fine. But then I was wondering, let's play one more time if people didn't hear it. Ryan, can you play the... uh, the supervisor Dick Elias soundbites. He said this in back-to-back Pima County supervisors meetings, uh, implying that Border Patrol, well, they're a bunch of racists that only want to uh, pull over uh, Mexicans. Here we go. We understand that it's important uh, to share those dollars and to make sure that the roads that we all drive on, because believe it or not, when I bring my passport with me, I can go past River Road and drive on Thornydale and Idaho and not be fearful of getting stopped by the Border Patrol, but rather <laughs> I have a little better roads to be able to drive on that. And he also said this. I was just going to say that I was up there uh, in District 1 this weekend, and, and yeah, I, I, I took my passport with yeah. me just in case. You know, just <laughs> never know what's going to happen. That was a there. visa, not a passport. <laughs> ah, there's a lot of those Border Patrol guys running around, oh, okay. so I was careful. Wow. And then to follow that, I'll play 120 real quick. Ramon Valadez uh, of the Pima County Supervisory Board told KVOA this. In a day like today that we still are trying to judge people by the color of the skin is incredibly distressing. That's what Dick Elias did, right? So to talk about this, because I'm like, what's going on? Uh, I'm wondering if Sheriff Napier said anything to the media that wasn't on the story about uh, Supervisor Elias's comments, which I believe... If you want to say that that guy's comments are racist, fine. But then so are Dick Elias's, right? Sheriff Napier is good enough to call in. Hey, Sheriff, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, Garrett. How are you? Okay, so uh, what's your reaction? Do you think it's um, biased that the media would do a story about the comment that that man made on your Facebook page but remain silent about what Supervisor Elias had to say? Well, I was surprised that the one comment on a Facebook page uh directed so much interest it must have been a slow news day is all i can figure because um there's a lot of comments in social media that are off color and and inappropriate that don't generate news stories so i was surprised by that i guess where i come down on this is i believe that um prejudice uh, bias and stereotyping is wrong universally no matter how it manifests itself and i detest it in all instances even when it's directed against law enforcement it's still wrong we would not tolerate statements about um, other groups, like we do law enforcement, that all law enforcement is X and all law enforcement is Y and everybody knows law enforcement is A, well, we wouldn't tolerate that about any other group, and rightly so. And I think it's wrong when it's manifested against law enforcement as well. Uh, but people are free to, to speak their minds, and 
I'm willing to embrace other people's points of view, but I do not uh, embrace the idea of racism, uh, stereotyping, and, and bias and prejudice. However, it manifests itself. So, do you want to take this time to condemn what Supervisor Elias said at uh, two supervisors' meetings that we just played? I, I think it's a, it's an unfortunate statement, and Richard's certainly entitled to his view. I do not believe, and I've been in law enforcement, as you know, for a very long time. Uh, Garrett, I, I do not believe that a law enforcement officer who racist and biased and stereotyping and racial profiling and all of those things. I just don't believe that occurs. I've not led a sheltered life. I've not seen it. I do not believe that our partners in Border Patrol are, are acting out in that way either. Uh, so I think those are unfortunate comments. Um, okay, so uh, now you also have the, um, the Operation Stone Garden situation. And one of the caveats, apparently, to Ramon Valdez flipping his vote to a yes so you can get the $1.4 million to help try to keep the community safe by paying for uh, well, whatever you know, uh, programs that you, that you need, right, that you think that we need. So one of the caveats mm-hmm. is that he, apparently, I guess they believe or he believes there's a racial profiling problem and he wants to have a committee to examine racial profiling. Is there a racial profiling problem at, at the Sheriff's Department? Absolutely not. I don't believe that for a single minute. I don't think that uh, our deputies engage in that behavior. A lot of concerns were brought up at the Board of Supervisors meeting, and I think uh, Supervisor Valadez was responding to those. Um, And that became a condition of the acceptance of the grant that we agreed to this commission or committee, whatever it's going to be called. And I have no trepidation about that because I have some of the best deputies in the United States. I'm, I'm absolutely supremely confident in these people. And the commission or committee, whatever it becomes, can only yield what I already know is that this is a false issue. It's not happening. But uh, failing to agree to that condition would have meant this county was less safe because the grant would have gone down in flames. We would have lost $1.4 million. It would have diminished my capacity to put additional resources in the rural areas of our county and along the border to interdict drug traffickers, human traffickers, and, and other transnational threats coming through our border. Um, so if that's a condition of the grant, um, I think that's fine. It'll only uncover that, which I already know, that I have some of the best deputies in the world. But, you know, it does um, it does lead to people to think that there's a problem. Because he asked for a new, it says in the local paper, he asked for a creation of a new committee to look at the issue of racial profiling. Now, people are going to look at that and say, well, they wouldn't have created that or he wouldn't have asked for that if there wasn't a problem. So he's implying that your deputies racially profile. And I took that as, because I've never heard of a problem like that, and you just said there is no problem. So to me, they're implying that your deputies are racist. And, you know, I was waiting for you to stand up for your deputies. You just said they're the best in the country, and that's great. But did you say anything to them? Why, why didn't you say, why would you imply that when it doesn't happen? Why are you trying to say that my, my deputies, my men and women are racist? I absolutely did at the end of the meeting. But, Garrett, if I had drawn a line in the sand on that committee, uh, that condition to the grant, what would have happened is the grant would have been voted down. And I've got to give Supervisor Valadez credit because he's the one who offered the reconsideration of this under great political pressure to him. He did not have to do that. And he attached a few conditions to the acceptance of the grant so it could go through so that the political opposition would have less ground to uh, try to dispute the grant. So I, I really think, and I've got to give credit to Supervisor Valadez for reconsidering it, finding conditions under which we could approve the grant and move forward. I, I, again, I don't fear this commission or committee at all because it's only going to uncover what I already know. And I did speak out very passionately at the end of the meeting against this concept and rejected it wholeheartedly that I have a problem, that my de- deputies are acting out in unconstitutional, 
uh, ways with racial bias and racial profiling. That's just simply not happening. And that's not the purpose of this grant. The purpose of the grant is to keep Pima County safer. No, no I gotcha. It, it, yeah. it just stinks that you had to, you know, you, you know, you couldn't fight it. And so they got their way, you know, they, they, you know, and we all know, let's be adults here. You know it. I know it. Valadez had to try to save some kind of face because he has to look like he's sticking up for illegal aliens because uh, he believes illegal aliens are Hispanic. Not every Hispanic's an illegal alien, but he believes that. And he had to look like he was still standing up for uh, the people that he believes um, support him. So he had to say that to cover his own track uh, to make sure he wasn't just uh, giving you this grant because they think if you give you the grant, they, that, that he agrees with Trump. I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? Well, no, I, I disagree with you, Garrett, because he had no reason to reconsider the grant. The grant was voted down on uh, February the 6th. It was Supervisor Valadez that made a motion for reconsideration. He didn't have to do that. Uh, there was no reason that he had to do that. He could have just remained silent. And this would have blown over in a couple of weeks, and it would have been done. Uh, but I think he showed great political courage in asking that it be reconsidered and in trying to find a pathway forward so that this county did not lose out on $1.4 million in federal grant to try to keep our county safer. So uh, I know that there's some tenuous conditions attached to our acceptance of the grant, but I applaud him for having the courage to ask that it be reconsidered. And then in the face of a lot of political opposition, he changed his vote. And uh, he did the right thing. He really did. And um, I'm not a spokesperson. I do have a good working relationship with all members of the Board of Supervisors, as the public would expect that I should have. Uh, but I, I'm, I applaud him for what he did because it allowed a path forward for us to get that grant money. I got you. And by the way, Sheriff Napier, Sheriff Mark Napier, Pima County Sheriff, is on KNST AM 790. Um, I don't know the man, and you don't know the man that commented on your Facebook page, but there seems to be a double standard. Um, a double standard because guys like Elias, an elected official, can make the comments that Border Patrol's racist, blah, blah, blah. It's obvious that he is extremely sympathetic toward illegal aliens. Uh, he doesn't want a border wall. He wants open borders. Uh, he, This is just what he wants. So he can make any kind of comment that he wants uh, that is against Trump, thinks he's doing things to stand up against Trump, against the border wall, to keep things wide open. So Americans get frustrated. And they say, this is ridiculous. Instead of standing up for America and the rule of law, you have a guy that looks like he's standing up for illegal aliens, maybe even Mexicans or Guatemalans or wherever they come from. Do you understand where maybe that guy that made the comment could reach that? Well, I can understand that. I don't agree with it at all. Um, I try to stay on the high road, and, and that you're wait, wait, so you, 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 so you don't you don't you don't ignore, you don't think that Supervisor Elias, with the comments that he says and the actions that he takes, and you know hating you know we know that he doesn't like Trump, and they they do they vote on resolutions against the wall and everything else. You don't think that he uh, has a sympathetic. Um, He's sympathetic toward illegal aliens? That would be a, a, a question best asked by Supervisor Elias, and he can respond to that. I think some of the comments he made I certainly don't agree with, uh, but I support his right to make those comments, and if the media wants to take him yeah. to task on that, that's their, their role. I got you. I, I, I know you got to work with him. I get it. I just know that people are frustrated because it seems like, uh, you know, you can say anything you want about uh, President Trump. You can say anything you want. It, it's terrible that ICE does this, Border Patrol do that. Nothing ever happens. And then one person I, says I, one thing. I and then, Gary. You know, I, it, I share your concern about uh, discourse in this country. We've become such a divisive country, and, and, and all our rhetoric is so supercharged with emotion and an innuendo now. Um, I just try to stay above that fray the best I can, and I, I, my goal is simply represent the people of this county as best I can as a sheriff, and 
and that means having a good relationship with the board and, and moving things forward, just like we did with the Stone Garden grant. Um, I got gotcha. you. I just feel bad. I mean, it just stinks. It's like you have to sit there and, you know, you say you – you uh you 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 stood up for your deputies and said there is no racial profiling this is crazy but you still had to in order to get the grant to keep the county safe they had to come up with this BS committee to look into racial profiling because they wanted to make sure that uh they think that they can keep their constituents that put them into office happy and that's just that's what sucks that sucks it should be americans doesn't matter if you're black white hispanic this that whatever it's american and and they're the ones that divide and we sit back and go what the hell's going on that that's all well, I think the committee will, or commission, whatever it turns out to be, it's only going to uncover that which I already know, and that'll give it more credibility. I could say it till I'm blue in the face, but when this group looks at it and finds no credible evidence other than anecdotal um, stuff that people say, uh, finds no credible evidence that my deputies are acting in an unconstitutional way, which they're not, that adds credibility to it. So I think it's, it'll eventually be more of a positive than a negative, and the main thing is it drove forward our county's ability to get $1.4 million of federal grant money to try to keep our county safer. Any idea who's going to be on that committee? Uh, each, uh, The way I understand it, each supervisor will be able to appoint two uh, representatives. So uh, Supervisor Christie and Supervisor Miller will also have two representatives on the committee. Um, and that's still got to be ironed out, you know, what it's called and how it operates. But I welcome it uh, because, I, again, I think they're going to find out what I know is how incredibly proud I am of the people that work for that department and the good work they do every day. Do you have any idea if it's going to cost taxpayers money to pay for this committee? I doubt it. I think there will be volunteers. Okay. I mean, there will be meetings and stuff, but I don't think there will be any direct cost to the taxpayers as a result of doing this. And, and again, I think it's, it's probably more positive than negative, and um, it helped us secure um, much-needed money to help us on the border areas and the rural areas of Pima County to make sure we're interdicting the bad people that are coming across there. Just, just, and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but do you think that Supervisor Elias, based on the comments that you heard him say, that he owes Border Patrol agents an apology? I'll, I'll let Supervisor Elias's conscience guide his actions on that. Okay. Uh, last one, since we, uh, we have you real quick, uh, obviously with the shooting Lots of uh, lots of talk of what can be done uh, to protect kids at schools. Um, what would you, you know, what do you think? You're a law enforcement guy. You're a sheriff. What do you think needs to happen to make sure that there will not be a school shooter again? Well, um, as, as painful as it is for me to say, I don't know that there's anything that we can do that will prevent it for, in all instances. I don't think anything will prevent people from acting out in that way 100% of the time. But we've got to have some really thoughtful discussions in this country about how to uh, better um, harden our schools to prevent this. We know we have a great vulnerability in our educational settings to this type of uh, person. I I am really distressed that we had a law enforcement officer there who did not act as he should have. Um, I told my wife 36 years ago when we uh, started dating, I said there are things worth dying for, and I don't want to, but there are. And that comes with his territory, and it's unfortunate that he uh, chose for whatever reason not to act. I think we do have to have a, a multifaceted discussion about this, about you know who's armed on campuses and, and on what training they have, and uh, better police presence. On um, We have SROs in our schools in the county. I think that's a great step forward. Maybe how to environmentally harden schools to make it 
less easy for people to come into schools and, mm-hmm. and do these bad acts because some of these campuses are wide open. Yeah. And it just lends itself to bad people coming onto campus and doing things. What about, I mean, I, uh, I, I don't know if you heard the story I did a few days ago. Mm-hmm. I all kind of, I highlighted in, in there's 18 states that let teachers carry concealed, well, 17 concealed, one open. Um, and there was a story, 40 school districts in Ohio let teachers carry. They go through intensive training. I mean, more they, they get trained more than police officers get trained. Um, if the teachers were to go through these, you know, extreme intense training, would you support if a teacher wanted to, uh, carry a firearm, would you support them doing that? I'd have to know a lot more about the training. Um, intense training is one thing, uh, doing it every day, like a law enforcement officer does is another thing. Um, being in armed conflict, um, Garrett is a, um, a very scary, very stressful thing. Oh yeah. Um, it's easy to talk about. Uh, but as somebody who's been up close on that, it's it's really hard uh, to do what you imagine you might do when it really happens. Picture me on and, this, though, real quick. I mean, what if, I mean, because my kid's going to go to kindergarten. What if there's a shooter walking the campus? They hear the bullets. The teacher goes, tries to lock the door, puts the kids in the closet or behind these, turn tables over. Wouldn't it be better if that teacher was like, I want to be able to protect the kids. God forbid this ever happens. Most likely it never will. But wouldn't it be better if the teacher would have a firearm and put all the kids in the corner and the teacher literally um, stands behind a desk or a table and has her gun trained on the door? If that shooter comes through, she can at least, you know, empty her empty, empty the firearm and have a chance versus sitting there as, a, as a, just a, uh, a sitting duck. I think we need to have some thoughtful discussions about what that would look like, how the training was done. There's liability issues with the with the. School district absorb liability if, you know, in an armed conflict, if you have uh, peripheral collateral damage, you hit somebody you don't intend to hit. There, there are a lot of issues here. The ongoing training, who pays for the training, what the nature of the training is. I mean, there are a lot of issues here. It's, it's, it's real simple to say just arm the teachers, but I try to take a more thoughtful approach as a law enforcement professional. There's a lot of peripheral things that we would need to talk through. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine a situation where we could answer those questions to the satisfaction of the majority of people and say, okay, based on all of these things, maybe this is where we need to be. And it's a sad commentary on this society, Garrett, that we cannot send our children, my God, we cannot send our children to school without worrying about them being butchered on campus. (laughs) And lost in this entire dialogue, once again, which distresses the hell out of me, to be honest with you, is there were 17 kids that lost their life, and we talked about that for a day, yep. and now we're back diverted away from the victims of this and those poor parents who are still grieving, brothers and sisters who are grieving. Well, that's all now on the back table. We're talking about guns again. We're talking about a bunch of things, but we've lost focus once again on the on the real victims. Well, and I think and the I focus think needs to be on, on know yeah, that, lo- you local. know what, the, the news cycle will turn away from me and back to other things very quickly. Yeah. Well, I think that, uh, you know, it also needs to be known that gun control is not needed. All the signs were there. The sheriff's department was warned. The FBI was warned. All the proper authorities were warned, and they didn't do anything. They could have stopped them. Yeah, I don't think gun control is the, the answer. I know that'll make a lot of people mad, but guns are not the issue. Uh, guns cannot do anything um, by themselves, and I know that distresses a lot of people, but um, yeah, that's not the problem. And, and our, our discourse is misdirected when we stop focusing on the actions of the perpetrator and how to intervene in that path of the actions of the perpetrator and focus instead on the only inanimate object present, and that's the firearm. Yeah. The firearm had no capacity to do anything. We need to focus on where did the system break down, what safeguards could we put in that system, to better 
um, interdict these people before they act out. And um, we need to be thoughtful in that discussion rather than get distracted, uh, as we commonly do every time, uh, toward um, guns. If you think the perpetrators of these crimes don't know that they're not going to be vilified nearly as much as the inanimate objects, which is the firearm, uh, I think well, that's just mistaken. These people have mental health issues, and they think, you know what? Um, they're not going to vilify me. They're going to vilify the weapon I use. Yeah. Sheriff Napier, thank you for the time this morning being, and being a stand-up guy. Not many people like to come on the show and answer questions, and I really do appreciate it. Every elected official should. you got to have the courage to stand up for what you believe in and, and, and say it. Even you, when you and I disagree, we are able to do it in a thoughtful way. Exactly. Thank you, Sheriff. Have a great weekend. All right. Thanks, my friend. Take care. 829 will continue on KNST. Leading talk. Ah, yes. Yes, it is. How you doing? What's going on? Everything cool? You good? Why are you looking at me that way? It's true. You're good. Uh, three things I think you need to know real quick. Number one, um, it turns out the sheriff's deputy that was in charge of uh, guarding the school, the school resource officer, his name's Scott Peterson down in Florida, uh, video shows he never ran into the building when the gunshots were going off. He waited outside for four minutes while the bullets were flying. He was just waiting there, waiting, not doing his job, going to protect the students, kill the shooter, any of that stuff. Uh, so he decided to, he was put on uh, suspension. So he said, you know what? I'll just retire. Uh, and now he's scared for his life. So he has armed police outside of his home because he's scared. Armed police. That's right. Second thing I think you need to know is you have, you have Governor Doug Ducey. Doug Ducey said he is against arming teachers. He, th- he says they should just teach. Oh, God. Thanks, Doug. Third thing, I think you need to know John McCain's emissary. He has one, an emissary. Uh, The guy that was sent overseas to Europe to go get the dirty dossier, the fake one. Well, uh, his name is David Kramer. He was also in charge of the McCain Institute at ASU. He has pled the fifth. He, uh, yeah, pleading the fifth. I don't want to say anything to the House Intelligence Committee. Why? What are you trying to hide? What is going on there, huh? What do you think he's trying to hide? Three things I think you need to know. Now... Let's play, um, oh, and by the way, you could talk about, uh, if you want to say anything about uh, what Sheriff Napier had to say, and again, I, I thank him for coming on the show. We can agree to disagree and things like that, and listen, he's an elected official. He's a politician in that aspect. He gets elected. Fine. He's got to work with Supervisor Elias. Me, personally, I don't know how anybody, and maybe it's more of a Trumpian thing where politicians have no, well, he's the one politician that has no fear. I don't know how anybody can't say, yes, you know what? I can work with Richard Elias. But I think with what, what he said about Border Patrol implying that they're racist, yes, he owes an apology. That's what I think. And I, asked, I wanted to make sure I asked the sheriff twice. And the sheriff said, no, nah, you know what? He needs to do. He needs to find uh, out for himself if he wants to do it or whatever. His own conscience will guide him. But I think anybody can sit back and say, yes, Supervisor Dick Elias owes Border Patrol an apology for implying that they're racist, that they would pull him over simply because he has brown skin once he's north of River Road. It's pathetic. And you do realize, I mean, there is a double standard that is going on right now. Elias can say those things and get away with it. There are so many people saying anti-white things, college campuses, everywhere. they get away with it. This guy that wrote what he wrote on Napier's Facebook page, retired law enforcement, said, yeah, he had too bad to deal with two Mexicans. I wanted to stop this. It's factually true. Does it mean he hates Mexicans? I don't think so. But you know what? Trust me. I get told by Hispanics that agree with my point of view. 
that they like the president. They want law and order. They want illegal immigration stopped, all that stuff. And then they say there's a clear, distinct difference between what they believe and other Hispanics believe, like the Richard Eliases and Ramon Valdez's of the world. There's a clear difference. And it's obvious. And you're telling me we can't talk about that? So they, it's okay for them to basically put America last. And I'm talking about Elias and Valadez. They put America last. They don't put our security first. They don't want any borders. Do they even want a country, for God's sakes? Because you can't have a country if you don't have a border. Where does it start? Where does it end? So you sit back and say, how is it fair that those guys get to make those comments, have their kinds of policies? To me, is it not racist because you're choosing one race over another by saying we shouldn't have the wall to stop people from getting here? Where are they coming from? It's meant to come from China, but they make their way up through Mexico. It could be Chinese people. It could be Guatemalans. It could be Germans. It could be Honduras. Who cares? It could be anybody. But they come up through Mexico. How can you not want America to be protected in that aspect? Right? So you sit back and say, let's be adults. You could be offended by whatever the hell you want. Being offended is a subjective thing. You want to be offended by this guy? Fine. Fine. Uh, however, I guarantee you, if you ask Richard Elias, Senator, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Supervisor Dick Elias, to identify himself, you know what he's going to call himself? Mexican. That's what, what happens. And that's okay. People sometimes get offended by this, right? But listen, I grew up in Long Island. You know what people identified themselves? Italian. It's a country just like Mexico. I'm Irish. Okay, cool. Just like you can say, I'm Mex- but Mexican. Fine. Sometimes you're Heinz 57, like me. Like me. I have all kinds of stuff from Eastern Europe. Whatever. It is what it is. So, he didn't say anything negative about him. He just stated that these guys obviously don't care about the security of our county. And that's another thing. They, those two voted against getting a grant from the federal government that would have given law enforcement more resources to keep the people in Pima County safe. And they did it because they hate Trump. And why do they hate Trump? Because Trump is cracking down on illegal immigration. Illegal immigration. That's why they did this. It's obvious. There'll be people that say things about me that I'm racist and blah, blah, freaking blah. I'm not racist. I don't have to defend myself to you. But it's obvious, right? Can we be adult about this? Have I said anything that is wrong? I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm waiting. Now, let me tell you something. You say a lot of things. I'm outnumbered in this studio right now. By who? Well, I'm the only white person. I know you like to think you are. Why are you bagging on my tan? <laughs> Unbelievable. And what qualifies as a white person? Uh, the overbite. I can there. say that. You can't. I got it. Yeah, like me. when I dance, I, I have, have the teeth. overbite. <laughs> you know? You don't jump very high. You leave me alone. What else? Do, well, yeah, it's... Well, you don't jump very high. And you don't Why run do very you fast. Well, I don't need to. I can only imagine. Turn only. off the mics for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> 880-KNST, 880-5678. Um, so I thought it was a good conversation I had with Sheriff Napier. And again, at least that he acted, at least he had the guts to come on and say this. Because let me tell you something real quick, just as a side note, as the calls are being lined up by Ryan. Um, Tucson Councilman Paul Cunningham. Yes, Paul Cunningham, 
The guy that got drunk on a city-funded trip to San Diego where he said explicit things to two, uh, either two or three female city employees. And even Regina Romero's like, you got to quit, dude. And he never quit. He never quit. He, he tweeted uh, a little, a few minutes ago. This is Paul Cunningham, Tucson City Councilman. As a teacher and former school safety officer, I say arming teachers is a poor idea. He's a teacher. He capitalized arming for some reason. He capitalized A a lot. Maybe there's something wrong with his phone. I don't know. I say arming teachers is a poor idea, he wrote on Twitter. What if a teacher make an impulsive decision? Question mark. That's what the, the people that fear guns think. Or a student taking a teacher's gun. Really? They wouldn't know the teacher has the gun, genius. What about an accident? Would Army teachers increase indemnity insurance for schools? Hey, Paul, you're a councilman. Before writing all this stuff, maybe you should do research like me as a talk show host. And you could find out, and I, I, I replied back, would you like to come on my show to discuss this? They'll never come back. Elected officials still scared of the radio. And then I retweeted back to him, are you aware 18 states let teachers carry firearms on campus? Do you know of one example of a teacher making an impulsive decision? No. But there have been examples of school shootings where teachers could not protect themselves and students. You want to discuss it? I think we should. This is a great forum to do it. You're more than welcome on the show. Sick of these people being a bunch of freaking wussies and they can't talk. I mean, I don't... Listen, there were people in Jasmine. They, I did that show on Wednesday about... I said Army teachers is the best thing to do. And people called up, not during the show... But they called up Jasmine, who was covering the front desk at the radio station, and they started yelling at her about me. Well, you know, oh, she deserves that. Yeah, well, she didn't stop you. But nobody, nobody, I'm not going to back down from my opinion. We may agree to disagree. Sheriff Napier and I agree to disagree on that phone call, but it's fine. Why can't these freaking people be adults? What are they so damn scared of? Maybe somehow I'm wrong. He's like, you know what? This can't happen because of blah, blah, blah. Okay, I didn't know that. Thank you for opening my eyes. I care about my kid who's going to be in kindergarten. And other kids. Freaking A, man, I tell you. Frank, welcome to KNST. Hi. Hey, Gary. Hey, uh, pretty uh, crazy morning. <laughs> <laughs> Every <Hey>. morning. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that I love your show. Thank you, man. One of the things is that um, you should have asked uh, sh- uh, Sheriff there, Napier, and if you ever get a chance, uh, Governor Ducey, <laughs> is can you guarantee the safety of our, ch- our children at school? Can you guarantee this will never happen at any school in your county within the state? Well, Sheriff Napier said said there's no way to ever guarantee that you can't, that this will never happen again. So, and I'm like, okay, but then what's the best way to make sure if it does, they can protect themselves? And it's obvious having someone right in there ready to fight back. And you can't fight back at a gunfight without a gun. Exactly. I know. I know, man. I know. I'm with you, dude. It's, it's like, it, it's, you know, he, and again, he uh, backtracked, you know, this thing too with uh, the races between the, the city council with the uh, Border Patrol County. Yeah. That's, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Yeah. You know, I drive across the border every single day, not across into Mexico, but across with the, with the checkpoints every mm-hmm. single day. I have never been harassed. Well, you're white, right? And I'm a Hispanic man. Oh, you're oh, Hispanic. Hispanic. Okay. So, yeah. you, so let me ask you this. As a Hispanic man, are you? do you think that Supervisor Dick Elias should apologize to Border Patrol for what he absolutely, said? Absolutely. He should. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you. Know, you know, there I'm is no you. reason for that at all. These guys are out here every single day. And he, they don't look at the good that's happening at these checkpoints. 
you know, with uh, not with just the drug smuggling and stuff like that. But look at all the the people they've caught actually being smuggled in. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's something. That's a big thing out here that people don't understand. You know, human trafficking. You know, that goes on a lot out here, and it's not re- being reported. You're right. You're right. Uh, listen, man, I appreciate you listening, and I thank you for your opinion. I'm, I'm hoping that maybe at some point, you know, one of you know, these people can be adults and come on a radio show and actually talk about these things. But I guess if they, they think they have no way to win a conversation or get their point across or make sense, they won't come on the show. So That's true. Yeah. That's true. Keep up the good work. Thank Jer- you, Frank. Jer- Take care, man. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend. It's 854 on KNST. Oh my, oh my, are you serious right now? Hey, it's uh, it's 9.08, it's your morning ritual. With me, Garrett Lewis, KNST AM 792, Sons, most stimulating talk. And there are, th- oh, do I have stuff for you? My goodness gracious. There are three things I think you need to know. Number one, we're finding out so much now. The, uh, the sheriff, the, the resource officer, school resource officer is a sheriff's deputy down in Florida who was uh, the one guy guarding the high school of 3,300 people in three buildings. And apparently video shows that this freaking guy heard the gunshots and stood outside the building for four minutes while the gunshots were going off. So he's been suspended, but then he said, forget the suspension, I'll just retire. Well, you, think that's, you think people are going to take kindly to that? So now, of course, this guy is under police protection. They are armed, right? At his home, he's scared because of that. Well, how can you, would you, would you like to be a family member that lost... A son or a daughter, knowing this guy didn't do anything to go in and take down that shooter, it is unbelievable or what? Uh, we have that, and I'll get to the story in just a second. Also, about how uh, apparently there are more warnings about this killer than we even knew. They knew about this guy. Gun control, my rear end. This is insane. So we'll get to that. Second thing that I think you need to know: uh, Governor Doug Ducey doesn't think teachers should be armed. Yet he walks around with armed security. Isn't that just nice? No offense, Doug. My kid's life is more important to me than yours is. Not wish any ill will on you, Governor Ducey, but uh, give me a freaking break, dude. Teachers just want to teach. I think some teachers also want to live, and they don't want to be sitting ducks either, Doug. Okay, we'll get to that. Cool. We have a teacher on the line. Thank you, Ryan. Third thing, I think you need to know John McCain. Anybody seen John McCain lately? Anybody know? John McCain... Uh, you know he's all he was all behind also. He was a big part of this whole Russian dirty dossier thing with Trump. He sent his emissary. He sent an emissary overseas to go get that dossier, give it to him. He gave it to Jim Comey. That emissary is the guy that runs the McCain Institute up at ASU, David Kramer. David Kramer was called before the House Intelligence Committee. You know what he did? I plead the fifth. Why? What are you trying to hide? What are you trying to hide? By the way, McCain said the McCain Institute only has his name. When the story came out that George Soros donated tens, I think it was 18 million to it. Ah, it's just my name. It's only your name, but then you saw, you said the guy that runs it to Europe to get that dossier to try to ruin Trump. Oh, McCain is dirty. Three things I think you need to know. Uh, by the way, Monday morning, I'm just letting you know right now. See, they told us, I'll, I'll get you some inside baseball. Normally, I do a thing, and people get mad at me. Because nobody likes to get teased, right? When you were a kid, you get teased. You know, when you're a man, women, they tease you sucks that's why i try to do it to my wife it never works 
because when I try to tease and if she goes for it, I'm like, well, I can't, I can't stop anyway. So people like nobody likes to be teased. And this is total radio consultants, which means they can't actually get jobs themselves. Called an invitation. Invite them to stay with you. It's nicer. Shut up, Snowflake. I'm letting you know, Monday morning, 710, uh, one of the TUSD board members is going to be in studio to talk about arming teachers for it or against it. Oh, baby. Wait till you hear that one. Monday. See, is that mean? Well, why don't you tell us what he's going to say? No. I'm teasing you. Be here Monday and find yes, out. Yes, that's all. What time? 710. I'm teasing you. The reason I'm teasing you is because of all the women that did it to me. Jerks. That's the thing. You people, Jasmine. It's you people. I know. What are you, what are you, what are you, what are you trying to do? Ain't nobody got time for that. Exactly. <laughs> so that's going to happen on Monday morning. Uh, before I tell you the, uh, the more information... This damn computer working. All right, more information about uh, the the shooter and the 23 warnings that were given. Before I tell you about that, um, we need to talk to a uh, a teacher who said, uh, "Well, does he does he want to carry? Is it smart for teachers if they get trained well enough to carry?" Let's talk to Dan. Dan, welcome to KNST. Hello. Hello. How's it going today? All right, man. So you're a teacher. I don't want you to. Say where you teach, because I don't want any backlash against you or anything like that, unless you want to say it. Um, any idea? Are you a high school teacher, middle school, elementary? Do you feel comfortable saying that? I am a high school teacher. I will not say where I teach. I don't but, blame you. Uh, I disagree with uh, Governor Ducey in the fact that, and even the sheriff to the point, because the sheriff talked about how you'd have to have people trained constantly like the law enforcement. Don't get me wrong. I think the law enforcement is highly trained. But they don't do it every day. You're and right. Just as, just as that deputy in Florida proved, he doesn't do it every day. He had an issue, whatever for whatever reason, I'm not going to second guess. But he made a conscious decision. I say there are people that are qualified. I'll use myself. I'm retired from the military, and I'm a member of a uh, law enforcement assist program in the state of Arizona. And... Obviously, I won't say what's either of those, mm-hmm. but um, I have a carry concealed weapons permit. I have extensive training, and I feel confident that I could react into a situation and protect my school. Well, what and about what, what frustrating? A, yeah, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I'll just say it's frustrating for me because I see what goes on, and I get to know kids, and I'm sitting here saying, "This young man has some issues at home." Now, has he violated the law? No. But the problem is, is our country still built on the foundation of innocence until proven guilty? At what point are they no longer allowed to be innocent? That's well, the challenge. Well, but no, he did violate the law, though. He was shooting up, uh, he was shooting at neighbor's chickens. You discharge a firearm, it's a felony in Florida. Uh, so he, okay. they just didn't do anything. He, on top of that, again, one of the families that he lived with after his mother died uh, said they called 911, said he's putting, he has put his gun to the head of people. That, uh, that is also... You're right. A felony. Yes, I agree. So they they could have done it, but but regardless, okay. So you're a teacher. Um, has any of this before we get to even more more questions about this? By the way, in the army, the teachers, stuff like that. Has this come up in your in your class at all? Have have kids asked? Has anything been talked about? We've had discussions. We've had discussions, and we have a plan. Our school district is very good about it. We we have developed a plan uh, to react to a situation. Um, hopefully, it will work. 
we've taken some defensive measures. Obviously, I would never say what, but I mean, we've taken some defensive measures that would assist. But the reality is, is you can't fight somebody with a gun by waving books at them no. or, you know, yelling to them, stop and distracting them. I mean, that's. So basically, your measures try to buy you time until law enforcement can show up. Correct. Okay. Um, what about? Uh, I mean, again, so you're a car- you concealed carry holder, and then a guy, a guy like uh, Tucson Councilman Paul Cunningham, who tweets out an hour ago, as a teacher and former school safety officer, I, I say arming teachers is a poor idea. What if a teacher makes an impulsive decision, or a student taking a teacher's gun? What about an accident? What's your reaction to that? Well, okay, and those are, you know, those are, again, those are issues, but a properly trained individual, um, Mm -hmm. you would have a hard time getting my gun if I was carrying it. You would, you know, it's not going to be an accident. The accident happens when people make bad choices. People make bad choices all the time. That's why they're called accidents. So I don't see, I mean, are there potentials? Yes, but the risk is worth, is the risk worth it? And that's what you have to ask yourself. Is one person? Let's say let's say a person did get an accidental gun and did something, and they were playing around and shot someone in the leg. Well, that would be better than someone shooting seventeen people dead. Yep. But again, and I don't know if you heard the show. I did it on what was it Wednesday? I missed him. Okay, I, okay. I, I had to cut out after the show. That's all. I tell you what. I tell you, no, on Wednesday I did a show. Go to iHeartRadio.com or just go to my page KNST.com, and you could listen to the. The, the one hour I spent on it, less than an hour, it took out commercial time. Um, but I talked about, I gave all the examples how 18 states let teachers carry. Uh, 17 concealed, one out in the open. Uh, 40 school districts in Ohio have teachers yeah. that can carry. And when I played a, a, a video from two years ago uh, of a news story where teachers were being trained and all this stuff. And, I mean, it's... It's the, and you've never heard, the point is you've never heard of an accident. You've never heard of a teacher just go, you know what, I don't like you, and you're a wise-ass kid, and I'm going to shoot you right now. It never happens. I, I'm sorry. I was say it never happens. Okay, what's your, uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, here's what's funny is Arizona has one of the loosest gun laws in the nation. Yep. But yet, the governor is fighting against protect our, we protect people, we protect banks, all these things are protected with guns, but yet our kids. Our kids are said, oh, we're protected with a sign that says no guns allowed. Well, no drugs are allowed. Does that mean it doesn't happen? Exactly. Have you talked to other teachers about this in your school? Um, we have, yes, yes, we've had discussions. We've had discussions about it because this is something that we have to, I have to deal with every day. Yeah. Well, what do they say? Do they think it's a good idea or not a good idea? Um, some, of them, some of them do. Some of them think. Some are concerned. Some have the same concerns as anyone else. The fact that what would you do if a kid, you know, they, they talk about a lockbox. A lockbox is great if you've got the key and you can get to the building where the lockbox is. Well, if I think, can, yeah, then you can't do it. You're, you're messed. I think the best thing is is concealed. I mean, the kids the kids will yeah. never know who has a gun and who doesn't have a gun. Um, I would never tell somebody I was carrying. No, and I don't that that's what needs to happen. In Utah, they have a rule. Well, we've got to play the audio, too. In Utah, uh, it's a state law that teachers can carry concealed, and they don't even have to, I don't think they even have to tell administration. But the people know in the state of Utah that any teacher at any time can have a firearm on them, and you know what? They never have school shootings. Well, uh, you know, and that's the funny thing about Arizona. We don't have a lot of issues out, you know, once you get out of Maricopa County and, and, and Tucson, um, it's a lot less because you just don't know who's carrying and who's not. And people mm-hmm. don't always want to take the chance that somebody's carrying it. Just because they don't see something doesn't mean they don't have something. Yeah. And, right. and so... 
I would I would think the administration should know because this is a kid safety, not a not a uh, a you know a uh, pro gun situation. Yeah, you know, but this is a kid safety. So the administration, I, I mean, I would want to know, them to know because if there was an issue, I would want them to say, you know, send me a text or something. Say, hey, there's a problem in this building. Go, and I would go. Uh, and I've you know had to respond before. I'm, I've been deployed. So I know what I'm capable of doing. So when Governor Ducey says that people aren't trained and they can't do it, and there's others like me, I'm not the only person. Out of this whole state, you can't convince me. I'm the only one that, that's in, that, you know, has the experience or stuff like that. There are many others. Why are they not allowed? That's my challenge. Yep. We have a resource. Why don't we use our resources? Exactly. You're, you're, you're 100% right. Uh, Dan, man, thank you so much for sharing. I want to hear from more teachers like you that agree or disagree and And uh, if anything new happens, please let us know, okay? I will do. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dan. Take care. Uh, Let's quickly go to Greg. Greg, welcome to KNST. Hello. Hey, good morning, Garrett. How are you doing this morning? All right. What's going on? Well, a couple of comments here. I think think we're doing the conversation in the wrong direction here. My question to the Paul Cunninghams and the sheriffs of the world is, why are we disarming teachers? Why are you telling them, that they cannot defend themselves and their students in their classroom. We're doing the conversation backwards here. We're not talking about arming teachers right now. How about why, because this is happening, why are you disarming qualified teachers who could protect themselves? In the, in the instance in, in Florida, um, here's a teacher, uh, football coach, and I just learned that he was a CCW carrier. Yep, yep, and he was a security guard, and he was CCW, and he was not allowed to carry his firearm on campus. Why are we disarming these people yeah. and making them vulnerable? He was over there shielding students with his body. I mean, this guy, we're disarming teachers. To start the conversation, make these people explain themselves why we've got this qualified, motivated wonderful person, you know, who gave his life mm-hmm. for his students, why are we disarming him and not allowing him to, to protect himself and his students in that environment? Um, you know what it reminds me, real quick, real quick, I want to jump in. Uh, it, it reminds me, if Ducey thinks that teachers don't have the ability to do this because it's not what they do for a living, right? It's not their expertise, let's just say then I tell you what, maybe lawmakers shouldn't be able to create laws and vote upon them if it's also not their expertise. You know, if they're not dentists, maybe they shouldn't create regulations and laws that involve dentists and dentistry, right? And let's, let, why, why not just use the same logic right back at Governor Ducey? Exactly. And for Governor Ducey, too, and, and, and the other ones that we're worried about, you know, we need to clarify the argument, too. And that is, we've got Paul Cunningham sitting in his little office with armed guards, you know, metal detectors, mm-hmm. and he says, oh, you know what, um, you know, Mr. Football Coach, I know you got a guy at the door there with a gun, and he's killing students. Um, you know what, you, you need to come to school disarmed, because I'm, I'm kind of worried about the budget here mm-hmm. and, and, and the insurance that, you know, I'm not sure it might go up. Paul that's what we're paying you to fix, buddy. Yep. That's what your job is. Um, I'm also a firearms instructor, 35 years in public service. I can train these people. Piece of cake. You know, if you're worried about training, I can do this. We're not, we're not training these teachers to 
go out and execute felony warrants, do traffic stops, no. and deal with domestic violence, we're teaching them how to effectively shelter in place or maybe take some small amount of action. It's a very narrow window. I can do that. You know, if we've got somebody who's already a CCW care, I can train that person on how to deal with this itty-bitty narrow threat. You know, we're not training them to be police officers. We're training them to stay alive. And it just breaks my heart that we've got politicians and people who support these politicians saying, okay, here, you know, this could have been stopped right there. But no, 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 you know, we, we can't have you stop. Exactly. We, You're not qualified. And, you know, we can train. It, it, uh, I, I yeah. speak from experience. You know, give me that motivated football coach, and if he's not good to go already, you give me a bare minimum amount of time, and I'm going to have that guy operating at 110%. It could have been stopped. Let's ask these people why they disarmed this guy, and now he's not now dead, and all these kids are dead. Make them stand up for their position. Oh, we're going to arm them. We're turning it into an arm. No, 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 no. We're not. We're not doing that. All right. Listen, Mick. Greg, thank you for the info, dude. Great call. We'll rely on you in the future. Don't be a stranger, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Tell you what, just think about this real quick, and I'll get more calls, and I get to get the Utah teacher that carries a gun to school and why she says she does it. And if you look at her, you'd never think that she actually carries a gun. I'll put the video on my page at KNST.com and on my Facebook page. But uh, we'll get to that and also the the 23 warnings, all the warnings about uh, uh, given to multiple sheriff's departments. I mean, everybody knew that this dude was a ticking time bomb. Everybody knew. But think about this also. Tucson City Council meeting. Do you know what? Uh, who goes to a Tucson City Council meeting? Besides the council people and the mayor and the people who want to go state their case, you know what they also have? Armed police officers. Why is it okay that uh, Rothschild and Romero and Cunningham and the rest of these people get the benefit of the doubt, the extra protection of an armed person looking out for them, but our kids can't, right? But our kids can't. Uh, It'd be nice if somebody in the media besides me, since nobody except for like the sheriff will talk to me, nobody else will really talk to me because apparently I asked tough questions, but maybe uh, over at uh, Tucson News Now, Bud High Pants press release Foster. Maybe if he could actually go ask a question like that. You ever think maybe, uh, Mr. Mayor, why you get arm protection for a meeting and well, actually arm protection walks around with you all the time, but the kids don't get it? I mean, he would never ask that because they wouldn't be friends after that. But it'd be cool if somebody in the media besides me asked those damn questions. But that's why you listen to this show, and I appreciate it. We'll continue your reaction and uh, Utah teacher and the warning signs all coming up in about uh, four. KNST AM 792, Tucson's most stimulating talk. 942, three things I think you need to know. Number one, uh, the sheriff's deputy that was the school resource officer down in Florida, the shooting video shows, he just waited outside for four minutes outside of the building while the shooting was going on. Didn't want to go in and take on the shooter. Yeah, now he is, uh, he's, he was suspended, then he wound up retiring, and uh, he now has police protection at his home because he feels scared. Those students didn't have protection, but um, but he has it. Second thing I think you need to know is uh, you have Doug Ducey, the governor, says, I don't think teachers should be armed. Don't you love that? Don't you love that? Uh, really, ice cream man. You don't think they should be armed? They shouldn't be armed. Okay. Um, I, I completely disagree with that. I, I don't like that he has armed security, but my kid who'll be in kindergarten will not. It's just me. Third thing I think you need to know, John McCain with the dirty dossier, his uh, guy that runs the McCain Institute up at ASU, David Kramer, uh, he went to Europe 
to fetch the dirty dossier from McCain, who gave it to Jim Comey. Uh, he, the House Intelligence Committee, want to ask him questions. He pleaded the fifth because I guess he didn't want to incriminate himself or maybe McCain. We won't know now, will we? McCain. Three things that I think you need to know. Um, real quick, City Councilman, Tucson City Councilman Paul Cunningham, he tweeted out, if you're just tuning in, as a teacher and former school safety officer, I say arming teachers is a poor idea. What if a teacher makes an impulsive decision? Again, it, these are going to be trained people, but whatever. What, by the way, what's to stop a teacher from making an impulsive decision now? What's to stop a teacher from taking a gun to school and saying, I hate this class and shoot everybody now? Uh, or, it's, or a student taking a teacher's gun. They won't know the teacher has the gun, Paul. Anyway, so I responded to him and said, are you aware 18 states let teachers carry, uh, carry firearms on campus? Do you know of one example of a teacher making an impulsive decision? No, but there have been examples of school shootings where teachers cannot protect themselves and students. He replied, I'd say there's a lot more, a lot more, I guess, to it if he didn't write correct. For a teacher, his grammar is terrible. I'd say there is a lot more, I think he meant to it. There's a lot more to it than that, don't you? That's always the answer. There's a lot more to it. You just don't know. You can't, it's bad that you can't buy a Bud Light, but you can buy a gun. Excuse me? I love that, I love that argument. He writes, I'm always open to discussing anything. You can email or message me for any type of dialogue. I'm not going to have a Twitter freaking conversation, dude. I have a radio show. It works better this way. And then he writes, there are a number of examples. He forgot the word of. There are, there are a number of examples. Gun accidents occurring on homes, workplaces, and schools. Where, where are those accidents with trained people at schools? I, I want to know. Are you talking about some kid bringing a gun to school by accident or did it because they don't know what they're doing their kid? My feeling is most teachers agree with me on this. Everything's a feeling. It's an emotion. It's a feeling. My feeling. Where are some facts? I, 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 I deal with facts. I'm in the actual real world, Paul. You know what? I don't want to say anymore. I, you're more than welcome to come on the show. Jeez. Again, 710 Monday morning, TUSD school board member Michael Hicks on should teachers be armed? We'll get to that. Uh, let's go to uh, Fred. Fred, welcome to KNST. Hello, Fred. Good morning, Garrett. Hey, breathe, man. Calm down. It's Come okay. on, well, Fred. <laughs> Listen, I've got a few points I'd like to make shotgun effect. Why has absolutely nobody talked about the climate in that school? You look back at the earlier statements that came out of that school, and that guy was the voted the most likely to be a mass shooter. Was he voted? I didn't where, see that. Where was he voted that? They have that voting? I don't know. Look, you don't know. This in the meeting. Now, wait a minute. This was, this was repeated ad ad nauseum about a week ago yes. when this first happened. No, this I guy agree. was identified. So where was he identified? Who said what? How was that quantified? that he was the most likely to be the mass shooter. What was the climate in that school that made this man create, by the way, this incredibly sad atrocity in that school with these innocent loss of lives? Okay? Second Amendment people don't like the fact that people lost their lives. But this moronic approach to the fact that this guy did this and, and got away with it. Okay, Columbine. Social media has elevated the brutality of bullying to a whole new level in text messaging and social media, Facebook, Backpage, all the other things that people, that they, these kids do in the high school, all right? They create and, and foment these situations with kids that are brutalized. This kid that's up here speaking in front of Congress, this is the son of the FBI agent, has been 
I, I saw this post a week ago or two days ago, um, identified as ADHD and blah, 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 and he's, he's the, the spokesperson. Look at what he's saying and putting forth to everybody. And, and where is the bullying that's going on in that school and the complicity for that school for creating the situation with this kid that says, you know what, I'm going to take social media and say, I'll fix you guys. Watch this. No, 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 no. They- hang, on, hang on a second. Slow down. Slow down a second. Breathe. Breathe. Um, okay. Going back to 2008, there have been 23 reports to law enforcement about this guy being dangerous. Back in 2008, Facebook was in the infancy and Twitter wasn't even created yet. So it's not social media's fault. The guy is, listen, in this world, there are just bad people. And he is a bad person. It wasn't bullying. I Listen, I was bullied as a kid. Did I go shoot up a school? No, 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 no. I'm not trying to say that you're going to do that. What I'm, what I'm saying is, where's the discussion and the dialogue about the complicity in that school for they, them and their, their responsibility for ownership for creating this? They creating didn't make what? this happen, okay? But they fomented this. They didn't okay? foment it. How, how do you know that? Their, how do you know no that? How do you, how do you know they fomented it? Dude, okay, do you think this kid walked around in school and got treated like a bully or, or, and, and just walked around and then suddenly whacked? They thought he was They're strange. Hang on. They thought he was strange. Hang on. Brutal. I'm aware we of that. I went it. through high school. But he walked around, apparently, with pictures of knives. He wanted to sell knives. He was selling knives at school. Apparently, he broke up with a girlfriend, and the new boyfriend was there, and he said, I'm going to cut you. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to watch you bleed. Nobody forced him to say that. He did it himself because he's a bad human. And you know what? In light, in light, and give me a break. In life, there are going to be bad people in school, at work, other places, and you know what? People I, don't go on shooting sprees because of it. You can't, even if somebody says something ugly to you, so what? It doesn't no, give you the right to go shoot them. I totally agree with that. So I don't know what your point is, Fred. Point. Yes, the, I am missing the point. The point is, where is that school's complicity in the fact that they fomented that situation? They bullied him as well in school. He's a, a jerk. Okay. He was whacked. He was wrong. They didn't do anything. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm not going in circles anymore. I don't like, I don't like it. I, I, the school knew he was bad, they said you can't bring a backpack to school because they knew he was bringing in weapons. And then they expelled him because he's so bad. I don't, I don't, I'm confused. I'm sorry that you had to deal with that. I thought it was going to be something different. But once again, I believe I'm right. John, welcome to KNST. Hello. Hey, good morning, Garrett. What's happening? So, I got your solution and just got to look to the sky. So, after 9-11, pilots wanted to be armed to stop terrorists from taking over these planes. Well, you can't put guns in planes because there was federal law against it. Mm-hmm. Just like a lot of states have laws against guns in schools or no gun zones, which is why we're having all these issues. Yep. So what they did was they created an entirely volunteer program, which my brother-in-law is actually a part of. It's called the Federal Flight Deck Officers. And what they are is they actually federally deputized these commercial airline pilots they took him to New Mexico. They trained him for I don't know how many weeks. Every year he has to fly back for more training. And every quarter he has to requalify with his pistol. Everywhere he flies, he carries his gun in the cockpit. Mm-hmm. So if you've flown on a major airline in the last 10 years, there's a good chance one of those pilots was armed. Now, why can't we adopt that same program for these teachers? And the reason I would, I'm pushing this is you're not going to have some of these states make it legal for teachers to carry guns. The politicians are spineless, and the easiest thing for them to do is just push gun control. But 
if you deputize some of these volunteer teachers who are willing to do it, my wife is one of them, uh, my mother is actually one of them, and then my sister is uh, was considering it as well. Um, got a whole family of teachers. It's miserable. <laughs> uh, but they get well, summers off. But hang on a second. You, to, in order to deputize them, you have to have the sheriff behind it. And no, I don't know where... A, what, what? You, you, you make it a federal program. Hmm. Interesting. Well, there are 18 states, like I said. 17, they let you uh, conceal carry. I think it's Wyoming is the other state that y- you can actually carry out in the open in school. Um, you, right. know what's, you know what's great? You said the teacher. I just want to read Paul Cunningham's tweet one more time. And instead of using teacher, change the word to pilot. Maybe he's listening. Because he wrote, what if a pilot would make an impulsive decision? Or let's say a passenger takes a pilot's gun. I, again, it makes no sense. I just wanted to put that in there as a word game. Um, Liz, I think you're right. You don't hear any pilots all of a sudden losing it and shooting people. Nobody goes and grabs well, the gun. If a pilot loses it, they don't need a gun to it's a good cause point. all sorts of mayhem. And again, right now, there's nothing to stop a teacher from saying, that's it, I've had it with everybody. I'm going to bring a gun to school and shoot everybody. There's nothing that stops I, them. Nothing. I would argue this, that there's probably some teachers right now that are risking their careers and carrying concealed anyway. You know what? Why not? You always get a new job. Why not? Yeah. I hear You're not you. paid a whole lot. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I, I know. But they get great vacation, man. I hate when teachers say that stuff. They work 7 to 3. They get weekends. They don't bring home, you know, that much work home with them. They get summers off. They get like three months a year off. They really work nine months. And if you think well, about I it, with the time with off, at the end of the day, they work like four and a half months. I just like to say that to piss off the teachers. No, John, thank you. It's a great point, man. I'm running short on time. Uh, it, you know what? We'll find out more Monday morning, and I'll see if Paul Cunningham even wants to come on. The airwaves are open. It's KNSC.